All right, so honest question. Has that happened to anybody in here? Not necessarily on a plane, but you've forgotten your kid. Tell the truth. I need y'all to be honest because I know someone's forgotten their kid. Thank you. <laughs> Who else? Thank you. So now we're starting to get some honesty in here. Angela got forgotten, so that's awesome. <laughs> uh, like, I've been really close before. So, like, if you're a dad in here, surely y'all understand what I'm talking about. Like, you're on the phone and, like, you're driving, but you don't forget them. Like, at home, you forget that they're in the car. And you shut the car off and you're like, oh, crap. Thank goodness I remembered because it's 100 degrees outside and that wouldn't go well and I'll be in the paper. So, y'all have all done that, I'm sure, or maybe it's just me and it's awkward. But I, <laughs> I don't think any of us have gone overseas and left our kid at home before, like, home alone, like that happened. But all of us can relate to the craziness of... <laughs> Oh, snap, I just slept in, and my life is nuts, and I'm going a 1,000 miles a minute. Like, I watch on social media, uh, and some of y'all have crazier lives than we do, which is, bless your hearts. Because, like, Lee and I counted in 14 days leading up to Christmas, we had one day where we're at home and not doing something at night. Whether it's a party or a friend's house or something going on, we had a wedding and a rehearsal this weekend. We had, like, and it's just like, Oh my gosh, this is freaking nuts. I love Christmas, right? This is the best. Praise Jesus. And it's stressed the halls, right? Because I'm about to pull my, my hair out. Actually, I did, if y'all can tell, this weekend. And I'm like, I'm losing my mind. And then like a typical week, not Christmas, is more stressful than people think for a pastor. And because I know what people think. This is what I used to think. So this is why I say that. I'm not blaming y'all for anything. But like, we get our message off the internet. So we find something, we print it off, right? Because that's what you do. And then... You just kind of sit there and play solitaire all day because there's nothing to do. And I'll be honest with y'all, I kind of thought that two years ago, and I don't kind of think that anymore because it is crazy the course of most days. And, and there's certain seasons, like the middle of the summertime, sometimes in July it gets kind of slower, and praise God for July. But, but like most of the time it's crazy because with 200 people on average, there's 200 problems, right? There's 200 difficult situations because all of us, are facing stresses. All of us are struggling. And so typically throughout the day, we either meet with someone, and Austin's with me most of the time, we meet with someone, we have some pastors to meet up with, we do these things and we go through life and it's fast, 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 fast. And so the only time, honestly, in my life that's quiet, there's two times, and for some of y'all, this is going to be awkward, but it's when I sit down on the porcelain, if y'all need me to explain more than that, I can, but it's when, you know, Dropping the deuce. So when that happens, it can be quiet, right? And the only other time, and, so, and y'all know what I'm talking about, then your kid comes in there, Daddy, and I'm like, I'm dropping a deuce. Let me have a break. Oh, my goodness. And the only other time is when I'm driving in the car. It's a 15-minute drive to work, and I'm like, thank God. I get to not meet or be with my family. And I love my family, but I don't have to be with them right now. I can be at peace and quiet. And almost without fail, I turn the radio off. If I listen to the radio, it's Sports Talk Radio anyway. Um, most of the time, unless it's Lecrae. So I, I turn it off and, and I'm, I've got the radio off and I'm just, I'm just like, thank God I got 10 minutes. And I remember, ooh, I needed to call that person. And I call them, right? Ring-a-ding. And I call them and I, and I start talking to them. And I live at Hawk Creek North in Spartanburg on 29. And three times in December, right, three times, I've driven right past Hawk Creek North, almost to the mall. And I'm like, what am I doing? What an idiot. Like, I'll, I'll get mad at Leah when we're driving somewhere. Like, I'm on the phone. Why didn't you tell me to turn? You're the moron. 85's right there. Get on the interstate. You just passed it. I do it all the time. I just right past it because I'm so concentrating and I'm so distracted by all these things going on in my life. And, and I've done this. We live at, um, 
in Hawk Creek North, you go all the way through, and there's a circle. Cromwell is where we live on, and and it's it. If you can just keep going on it, and going on it, because this circle and and I have done this this year because I don't want to walk into the chaos that is my house. So we'll get on the phone and. And I'm almost done with the conversation, or I think, and so I'm just going to start, I'm just going to slowly drive around, and like, creeper keeps driving around here, we're going to call the cops. But I like, I keep driving around the circle, I'm like, look kids, Big Ben Parliament, and I just keep driving around over and over, and I'm like, I just want to park the car and get inside. So I, so I get off the phone, right, and this is almost every day, I don't drive around and around every day, because then I'd be weird. But I, I do do that some, but when I get off the phone, and it's like chaos, and I haven't taken a break, and, and it's wide open, wide open, a lot of y'all's lives are like this, right, or even more stressful. We get in the house, and if you got kids like we do, you're excited to see your kids, but it's kind of like, oh, gosh, I'm so happy. I wish they were taking a nap. So you walk in the door, and like immediately, I apologize if y'all think it's inappropriate. This is true. You walk in the door, and your daughter is five, and she's at the perfect height if you're big like me, where it's uncomfortable. Because I don't, they got radar. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, bam! And it's just like, son of a moose! And like you bend over and it's like, I love you too. And she runs full speed, daddy. She's so happy to see me every day. And I'm happy to see her too. But I don't get through the threshold of the door till she's daddying me and wanting to hug me. And I'm like, I'm so happy to see you too. Praise God. And then Haston is sort of daddy and it's sort of just gibberish. And it's, ah, and he wants to play. He's ready. And the only thing he says besides daddy is, outside. And he's got his coat like this, outside, 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 outside. Outside, I'm like, I heard you the seventh time, so 10 is enough. And he keeps saying it. And I sit him down, and Lady goes, Hey, Daddy, do you want to have a, a, let's have some prints this time, or we can make, today, we can make some puzzles, because I got some new puzzles, or we could do a tea, because we love to have tea, and I'm very dainty, you know, I keep my pinky out. And so we'll have some tea, and we can just hang out, and we can have so much fun. And it's constant on and on and on and on and on. And it's awesome, right? I haven't even said hey to Leah yet, by the way. Like, what's up? Good to see you too, wife. Peace. And like, it's God to just need time, need time, need time, need time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just talk to these people. I don't have time for you. I just want to chill out. And I sit in my big king chair that I have, and it's the kingpin chair. It's nice. We're climbing back. And I just want to take a break and take a breath. And they're both like, I need your time here. I need your time here. And Leah's like, I'd love to talk to you eventually. So hey, hey for me too. And I just want to be like, oh my freaking goodness, will you leave me alone, right? So I look at them when they really just want their daddy. Or their husband. And I look at them and say, can y'all just wait? Right? Like, and, and my intent with that is, in five minutes, I'm going to hang out with y'all. But I need five minutes of no one thinking, talking to me, because I'm losing my mind. Just give me five minutes. I don't say that. I just say, can y'all just wait? Can y'all just wait? Oh, my gosh. Can y'all just wait? But the problem is five minutes turns into three days. That I push everybody out of my life because I'm so stressed out because there's so many things going on in my life. And I've packed it all in that I push my kids away completely. And all they want is just to hang out with their daddy. And listen, that was my decision to procreate, wasn't it? So I should have thought about that before I didn't want to spend time with them. And I should have thought about a bunch of other stuff unless I just wanted to hang out and do my own thing. And it's hard. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. It's a lot easier for me to spend time with them and give them time. And at 9 o'clock, after all bet, baths are done, and Lee and I get in our jammies, if we're actually home, and we're hanging out, and I just go, oh my gosh. I got no time for Jesus. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all should be shaking your head right now and saying, yes, I know what you're talking about, Pastor Mark, because I feel the same way. 
Because with all that junk going on in our lives, and some of y'all, like I said, have way more than I do. Jesus is way in the back. Way in the back burner. I don't have time for him. I'm a pastor who studies to, to make money. Like it's my living. And so I read the Bible to bring y'all something. But to actually let him have control and be the Lord of my life, I don't have time for that. Like, I, You know what I tell him? Just wait. Just give me a minute, God. I'll be with you in a minute, but I got this. And it's the constant struggle that I have in my life is, is just wait. Just wait, God. The title of today's message is Forgetting Jesus. And I feel like that it is the most relevant Christmas message that I've ever given. And it's only a few, but I, I just feel like this is where we're at as a society. And if it's not y'all, then it's certainly Mark Pangle. Because... I know the Christmas Jesus, right? Like we, we see all we see the manger scene and it gives us warm and fuzzy feelings and we'll go through Hollywood and we'll feed these monster cows that we did this week and it's crazy and they slime you and then we see Jesus going through the last part and we're like, sweet, Jesus, that's awesome. Like we just gave you our time because we thought of you during Christmas. But Christmas isn't all about Jesus, is it? Like this week I saw a quote from an atheist and it said, let's be honest, Jesus isn't even a part of Christmas anymore. And people got offended and they retweet. And they get all, we get all fired up about Duck Dynasty. But, but we, we're the ones that have left Jesus in the back. And he's not even a part of Christmas anymore. We've completely forgotten him. The atheist said Jesus isn't even a part of Christmas. And I was like, no, he's right. He's right. We've done that. Not them. Because we spend thousands of dollars on gifts. And we give Jesus pennies because I want to get him off my back. To give to other people, to give to hurting people, to give to the church, that, that's, a, that's pressure. I don't want to do that. And so what I always said in my life, y'all, and this is just the truth, is, you know, if I would have lived in the day of Jesus, I wouldn't have lived like that. Because I could have, like, he would have been flesh, right? Like, I wouldn't forget Laney or Haston, hopefully, even though I'm distracted and I'm on the phone. Hopefully, I really wouldn't forget them. So if I was with God in flesh, I would never have forgotten him. I would, ne- I, he, I, would, I would remember him all the time. And in Luke chapter 2, at the end of the chapter, this is after the Magi come, after the Christmas story. We love this part of Luke 2, and I encourage you all to read it with your families this weekend. Matter of fact, let me just throw this in. If you have kids, before they open presents Christmas morning, before they open Christ- pr- presents Christmas morning, I encourage you all to have a birthday party for Jesus and explain the true meaning of Christmas. Because if the only thing that my five-year-old thinks is I get presents, she's missed Jesus. And if I can give her a million dollars, but I can't give her Jesus, I've given her nothing. So I encourage y'all to do that. But I want you to to look in Luke chapter 2 and read that first part. But Luke chapter 2, verse 41. And I want to show you how Mary, Mary, who who was a godly woman, a young woman, and who who housed our God and Joseph, his earthly father, even though the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary and it was, it was a, a beautiful, beautiful miracle that he was, she was a virgin and she had Jesus. He was still his earthly father. And you would think, this is God. And if I'm going to lose one of the kids, it's going to be Judas or it's going to be one of the other cats. It's not going to be Jesus. I'm not forgetting that dude. And this is what happened when he was 12 years old. By the way, a custom in the Jewish faith is, is to this day is to go to the temple 
and, and you become a man, per se, at 12 years old. And so this is what was happening around the time of the, of the Passover. It says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. Can you just picture what that must have been like? Like, what if you were Mary and Joseph and you knew that you had God, right? He's 12 and you had to raise him up to a certain point and you were like, okay, so an angel came to us and said we were going to have Jesus and we just lost him. That's awesome, right? You know, they felt really good. And they were searching for him and after three days they found him in the temple. Three days they didn't know where he was. I just can't imagine. That's awesome. They found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? I think this is a really good question for us. Why do we search for God so hard in so many places? Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did, not, they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And so just imagine what it must have been like, like home alone, right? But it was real life. And it wasn't just some crazy kid like I was that, Messed up everything. It was annoying. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. And they forgot him. The, the heart drop that must have happened when they had gone a, a day's journey away and they were like, oh my goodness, we forgot Jesus. And immediately what we think when we see this is like, I would never, like I'm going to forget a lot of stuff, but like if it was God, I'd never get too busy or too caught up or too distracted for that. And that makes me the biggest hypocrite in the whole world that I say that or even think that because I've forgotten Jesus this week. I've tried to fix stuff on my own. I've tried to do things on my own. I get so caught up that I make Jesus, listen, listen to this carefully. I make Jesus a part of Christmas. I make him a part, right? I, I, I put a cute little manger set, precious moment thing up in our house. Like they're porcelain things that are cool. And like we go by and we rub his head because he's so cute because he's in this nice little manger. And it's, it's sweet, right? And so this is what we've made out of Jesus at Christmas. And this is why we've forgotten him. And for every person in here, for the next couple minutes, Austin made an incredible video that we're going to show you in just a few minutes. And it's part of the message with Shannon singing. And I, I want you all to... Ask yourself this honestly. And I don't want you to be spiritual. And I don't want you to be religious. And I don't want you to be churchy. I want you to throw all that junk away. And I want you to think about you and Jesus. I don't care if you are 80 or if you're 8 or where you've been in church or if this is the first time we are all equals. I want you to consider this thought. Where am I with Jesus? Because this is what we think. The manger is like this cool wooden thing. Like, I, I picture it, honestly, the way we picture it is any Lord of the Rings fans in here? Show of hands, Lord of the Rings. So half of you are Lord of the Rings fans. Like, in the Shire, where the hobbits live, right, it's real pretty, and it's got grass on the side, and it's got, like, wood. And that must have been what the manger looked like, right, because it was the Shire. Jesus went to the Shire and was born, and it was this nice 
this nice area for him to be born in and it was all cute and cuddly. And I am telling y'all this morning that is a lie. I'm not mad at the lie because I have one in my house. So I'm not fussing. But I'm telling you it wasn't cute. It was a nasty, dark cave that Jesus was born in that smelled like feces from animals. That was amazingly gross. And this is what blows my mind, that the God of the universe sent his son down to be born of Mary. God in flesh for us. And what we do with him is we say, God, we'll give you a little bit of our Christmas, but we're much more worried about the Christmas trees and the presents and the keeping up with the Joneses and all the other things that we've got to do that we're going to forget you altogether. And we've missed the meaning of Christmas for our lives. Because Christmas is not just me getting presents. And I'm cool with getting presents. Like, I'm looking forward to opening gifts. But Christmas is so much more. And I want to read to you a scripture that I believe probably every person in here knows and every person out there knows too. And it's John 3.16. And it's all familiar to us. But I want to read it to you a little bit different this morning in the next couple, or the next couple verses after that. And I want you to just consider where am I with Jesus based on this scripture. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. Now look up there. That is a cave, and a lot of people would assume that that's where like the rock was, right? Where Jesus was buried, but that's where He was born. That is, the, that is not necessarily the exact place, but it looked an awful lot like that because it was a cave. God loved us, the world, so much that He gave us his son and he didn't just send him down as a man like you would and I would do. All right, let's get this over with. He sent him down as a baby in the most simple, humble. Cuz just being honest, if I had a dog still, I love my dogs. My dogs aren't going in that cave. Nasty. Mildew and mold everywhere. I mean, we won't put our kids in anything that is remotely nasty. Think about your baby when you had one. Or your niece or nephew. Think about putting them in a dirty place and then think about putting them in a cave. God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to a disgusting cave because no one wanted him to stay in their place. And there was no innkeeper. There was no inn. That's a cool part of the story, but it's not really the story. There was just a cave for him where animals ate and slept and there was no nice pretty wooden manger. It was just part of the rock. And it was just dark and dirty and ugly. But God loved you and you and you so much that he sent his son to come down and be born like that. But listen, that's not where it ends. He didn't just come down and he's not a cool baby Jesus But it was so whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And the way that that happens is that Jesus shed his blood on the cross. Because the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness. Because all of us are damned, which means we are eternally made to go to hell by our punishment and our sins. We have no choice. We have no hope. There is nothing that I can do. I can't be good enough. If I do good things, that doesn't do anything for me. Like I can do a thousand good things today and it gets me no closer to heaven than I was yesterday. The only thing that I can have is by trusting Christ as Savior. And the only way that that can happen 
The only way that makes that possible is that. See, if Jesus didn't come, born of a virgin, to fulfill prophecy and fulfill every other prophecy and then die the worst death that has ever been done to a human being on this planet, it was so horrible, we can't even describe it. That's the passion of the Christ and it doesn't even come close to showing what it really was like. And, 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 and if that hadn't happened, none of us would have hope. And yet, this is what I do at Christmas is I forget that. Right? Jesus is cool, but he's this little baby in a manger, this plastic. He's not really God that died. But listen, God did not come and send his son. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn us, to condemn the world, but in order that we might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, or whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because that's what I deserve. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And listen, in all things that we believe, Christian or non-Christian, agnostic, no matter where you are, that is why we have hope right there. That's the empty tomb of Jesus. And I love the fact that Jesus died and shed his blood. And it brings me to tears. I can, I, I can watch The Passion of Christ a thousand times and it brings me to tears. But that right there is why we have hope. The fact that, that the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive today. It put a stamp of approval on everything that we believe. That is why we have hope today. And I I want you to consider this as Shannon comes up here and this video that Austin made. It is the best thing. I'm telling y'all right now. I'm so proud of it because it is the best thing that Four Points has ever done and I didn't have anything to do with it. But this is what I want y'all to consider. Not is it a cool video. I want you to consider Jesus in that plastic that you're going to see him. And is that who you worship? Or is the living breathing lion of Judah that is so much higher than I am, so much greater than I am, so much greater than you are. Is that who you worship? Have we put God to the side and forgotten who he is and forgotten him at church or forgotten him somewhere else and gone through life and done so many other things are we remembering? So will you consider that when you watch this? Statues in the cold, washed in moonlight, blue and gold. Mary's babe in plastic hay, quiet wonder on her face. Mary, you look so serene, far too pretty, much too clean. I think we know you well, but what stories would you tell of all the dirt and dust and shame, every burning labor pain, and as I turn to walk away, I hear you say.
Shepherds bending to the ground Bethlehem is safe and sound Joseph, you look brave and true But do we know what it was like to be you? How many sleepless nights awake Found you desperate and afraid And as I turn to walk away I hear you say Let me be real, real And I'll show you what it means to love like this To love like you don't even care about the hurry and the hustle Like you are unaware December comes with so much trouble Cause you believe a baby came not in paintings or in plays, but every minute, every hour, every day to be So, so where are you with Jesus? Because that's the, that's the whole deal, you know? I mean, because he's real. Not a plastic toy, not a sweet little baby. And we celebrate that, man, that he came. But I celebrate the fact that my God's alive. That's what I celebrate. And I celebrate the fact that if my marriage is going through such a difficult time that I can't fix it, but he can. I celebrate the fact that if I hate my job, God will help me. Jesus, the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God, he will help me. And I celebrate the fact that he desires me. He wants me. That's, if that doesn't blow your mind, then maybe you don't get the gospel. Because he wants me. He wants to know me and you personally through a relationship. And it does not matter what your name is, what color you are, where you come from. It just matters, do you know Jesus? So this is how I want you to respond today.
because I believe it demands a response from everybody. I just want you to be completely honest with yourself. Completely honest with yourself and answer this question. Have I done business with Jesus? How do I know that, Pastor Mark? You know, because in the worst times and in the best times, there's a peace that you have that is unexplainable. And you know because your friends and your neighbors and your relatives and everybody around you, they recognize what you have in you that they don't have. And I'm just going to be honest with you, if they don't recognize that, if you're miserable in your heart, then maybe you don't know Jesus. For everybody that does know Jesus, because I believe it's the majority of people in here, I hope. What have you been doing with Jesus lately? Right, because we have an opportunity to change the world with the gospel because the gospel is in us. Like he's alive in me, how crazy is that? And so I get to tell everybody that I know. And if I'm not telling them, it's because I'm miserable because I'm so busy and I got so many things in my life. So will you bow your heads with me as we close? First, first question, and I'm going to ask um, every person in here to respond. And the way I want you to respond is I want you to break your shoulder. You raise your hand so high, almost. Don't break your shoulder. But almost break your shoulder, you raise your hand so high if you know the answer to this question, and it's yours. If you're certain, and I'm talking about you're not through pride doing this or because you're churchy, but you are absolutely certain. You know that you know that you know there's no doubt in your mind that you know Jesus. You've made him Lord of your life. You've trusted him as Savior. You are a Christian because you are saved. If you know that for sure, what I want you to do right now is just raise your hand as high as you can. Raise it up. Raise it up. If you know, don't raise it if you don't. Being honest in here, I am absolutely certain, Mark, I am a Christian. I know Jesus. Thank you. Put your hands down. Hey, there were a few people that didn't. All I'm going to ask you to do is just look at me. Just look at me. I'm not going to point you out or say your name. I just want you to look at me and answer this question for me, okay? For those of you that are looking at me right now, there's about three or four people. This is the question. Will you let pride keep you in your chair? Will you let pride keep you in your chair? Because what we want to offer you this morning is a gift so much better than you're going to open on Wednesday or if you open them early on Tuesday, we're offering you Jesus. That is so much better. And all we want you to do, here's how you accept this gift, is right now stand to your feet and go to the back. We have volunteers waiting to talk to you. We have information to give you. We have a Bible to give you. We're going to help you walk with Jesus. But I'm telling you, there's no gift you will ever open that is better than that gift. So I'm asking you right now, just stand up. We had one man in the first service to stand up and I'm, I'm asking every single person in here, who cares what everybody else thinks because pride is the quickest thing that will send you to hell to not know God. So I'm asking y'all, do you want to have a relationship with Jesus right now? Stand up if that's you. Stand up if that's you. Thank you. Who else? Who else? If you'll slip out right here and anybody else that wants to, Stand up right now. We will pray with you if it's not salvation. We have people in the back that want to pray with you. Stand up right now. Anybody else that will do that. This is a much better gift than we can give you any other time. In any other way. This is a much better gift. All right, for everybody else in this room, I want you to look at me. I'm not going to ask you to come down here. In just a second, we're going to close in worship. But I'm asking you to respond with your life. Okay? 
I'm asking you to respond with your life. I'm asking you to tell people about Jesus. I'm asking you to explain to your kids the truth. That is, it was awful, but it was beautiful all at the same time. And be the example that we're supposed to be as adults or as young people in our schools and in our workplaces, in our homes, that we are Christ's followers and this is what we look like because we have the gospel in us and we can make a difference. So I'm just asking you all to let Jesus be the difference in you right now. Take a deep breath. Enjoy your life, right? And move some time for him. Stop watching TV so much. Stop doing something and just cast your cares upon Jesus because he cares for you. That's not my words. That's his words. Because he loves you. Hey, listen, today's a big day in our church. Big, big day in our church. We're taking up. We hope $25,000 for a church in Nicaragua, in Granada. Four Points Granada is what we're calling it. So listen, if you're a four-pointer, we invite you to give. You can give on the kiosk. You can drop cash or check in the boxes that are lit up in the corners. You can give online, and there's a special thing on the kiosk and online today where you can give for the gift. And all of the gift that we get, the extra stuff above and beyond, we're going to give to the church at $25,000. And that's what we're hoping to do is raise $25,000 today for that. That's a crazy big goal, but we think we're going to do it. So if you want to give to that, we will be pumped up. If you don't give, we'll still love you. That's awesome. Hey, listen, our goal is for every single one of you to walk out of here and have the best Christmas you've ever had, but not because you get the most toys or the most things, but because of Jesus. Okay, so on behalf of the staff that's out there and behind me, We want to tell you we love you. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for coming this morning. I just want to tell y'all, I didn't say this in the first service, but I'm proud of the music today because it was doggone good. So y'all can give my hand because I am. So I thought it was awesome. And y'all stand as we close service today. We go tell it on the mountain. Come on.